Whatever Brutus said after Caesar died. Uh, welcome to another episode of No Chill in Smallville podcast with Anthony Guy. And that on the other screen is Skyler. Hey. That was the tape of when my girlfriend got arrested on June 1st, 2020 at the Plaza in Kansas City. Now, to paint a picture for you, the plaza is a ritzy area, sort of like Rodeo Drive, which made, the, which made it the perfect fertile grounds for protesting. I myself went there two days before, and during this, I got tear gassed. I will make a joke about it later, but let me tell you to start off, getting tear gas is not fun, and Emily also got tear gas. I got the worst of it because I didn't know it was coming, even though there was some ominous dark smoke in front of my face but two days later i was too hurt to go back out there and emily worried for my safety so she went out there alone and in a process of trying to save people from being tear gas by sticking a traffic cone over the tear gas canister no lie it, it works it just shoots the smoke upwards the cops thought uh thought it saw it fit to shoot her with rubber bullets I believe Skylar's throwing up those graphics now. Those are some nasty bruises that looked worse as each passing day passed. Now the question is, why do we have the cops if they're doing stuff like that? Uh, just a, uh, a couple days ago, United States Attorney General William Barr said that there is no such thing as peaceful assembly. When you go out there and protest, you are automatically rioting, which justifies having cops or federal agents abduct people in, in unmarked vans. Skyler, what the fuck is up with the police state? Honestly, I couldn't even be begin to, to tell you uh, why. Well, actually, I think I can tell you why we're at this point, but... I couldn't even believe, couldn't begin to tell you why things are as they are now, given the century we're in, given 
a lot of the progress we've made as people and individuals. I guess I want to say that those kind of the foundations of everything has, you know, of, of, of the police, of our government, of our country have kind of still been there. They, they haven't left. You know, this was a country that was founded upon slaves. It was founded upon criminal activity, you know, taking land that didn't belong and reappropriating that land. Um, it was founded upon the kidnapping, rape, torture, and misuse of other individuals. Um, so when I see things like this happening with the police, you have to trace it back to its foundations. What were the police founded on? What were they created from? You know, Why is it that we believe the police to be an agency that supports that's supposed to enforce the rule of law and supposed to keep the peace but it's not it's not keeping the peace it's actually inciting the rage it's <laughs> it's feeding it it's feeding the the red monster it's 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 causing us to act out in aggressively against it because it is the aggressor so you have to ask yourself well how did this even come to be how do we even get to this point why are the police like this so i think today the focus of today's episode is going to be on we're going to talk about the police we're going to talk about the history of police um, how they exist why they exist we're going to go into some kind of racially motivated cases that took place in american history um, we'll talk a little bit about the rule of law, and then we'll talk about our current system and, and kind of what we do now. Um, starting with the history of the police, let's let's look at you know how this institution was was founded. Right? There's a pretty interesting study by Gary, Dr. Gary Potter of Eastern Kentucky University called "The History of the Police in the United States." Um, I'll have a link up. Uh, it'll either be on the screen or in the description of the YouTube video, wherever platform you're watching. If you're listening, um, I will try to put it in the show notes. Um, and so some of some of his study is pretty interesting and we'll, we'll go into it a little bit, you know, and that he talks about the development of policing in the United States. It followed the development of policing in England. So, I mean, even even back then. <laughs> Closely following with England, you know, in the early colonies, early colonies, policing took two forms. You know, you had the watch, and which was more communal and informal, or you had private for-profit policing, which was called the big stick. That profit policing? For-profit policing? Yeah. No way. Like private security, but authorized to. That, that wouldn't have any connection to, let's say, for-profit prisons, would it? I mean, I don't even know. I'd have to look into the history of prisons. I don't, I don't know when, when prisons were constructed. But I do know that the, for, like the, the, the private for-profit policing was a model that didn't work 
as the watch didn't work um the watch was a theoretical kind of volunteer service where volunteers were trying to avoid or evade military service and they were uh, conscript forced into service by their town or were performing watch duties as a form of punishment so you were being a police officer as a form of punishment which is weird when you think about it so you're the are you talking this is in real life that sounds like the night's watcher on game of thrones i mean think about it all all fantasy has some root in reality so it had to come from somewhere um as as policing progressed you know well into the 1830s um that was when kind of the first more modern policing started. Uh, you had m municipal police departments kind of emerging in the United States. Um, 1838 saw the establishment of the first American police force in Boston. Um, and then in New York in 1845. If you're noticing, a lot of these are the, the northern states. So that's where policing was, was taking form and taking shape. Um, they you hear were, that, Yankees? There's blood on your hands, too. <laughs> well, it's very interesting as northern states policing versus southern states policing. I mean, the, the modern police in northern states, uh, they were publicly supported. Uh, police officers were full-time employees, not community volunteers or case-by-case -case fee retainers. Um, uh, just, to, just to rewind back, I mean, if you think about the the for-profit private entities think about like the sherlock Holmes, where people would pay an inspector to go out he wasn't necessarily a constable or a part of the watch but he would go out and try to solve crimes or investigate things like that so they're more like yeah. private investigators they also used to have things known as debtors prisons that something that was explicitly outlawed in our constitution even though we still have cash bail in most of these states and private companies running prisons. Thank you, American Legislative, uh, Legislative Executive Council, whatever. ALEC, you know who you are. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> so, um, oh, to say more about, about modern police, I mean, the, the de departments had permanent and fixed rules and procedures, and uh, employment was continuous, and police departments were accountable to a central government authority. Now, on the other hand, in southern states, uh, policing was actually organized as slave patrols. And um, slave patrols, according to Potter, had uh, three primary functions. So they were to chase down, apprehend, and return to their owners, runaway slaves. They provided a form of organized terror to deter slave revolts. And they maintained a form of discipline for slave workers who were subject to summary justice outside of the law. They violated any plantation rules. And following the Civil War, they evolved into modern Southern police departments, primarily as a, primarily as a means of controlling freed slaves and enforcing Jim Crow segregation laws. So, and, and 
and mostly this was all designed to deny freed slaves equal rights and access to the political system. So if you think about it, they were the follow-up tool of suppression and control of newly freed black Americans where slavery was no longer allowed to be used, police departments had kind of come into their own. And how are the remnants of that directly affecting us to this day? Uh, the 13th Amendment freed slaves. But some of you may not have known that I'm going to say two shocking facts. Well, one, one will be more shocking than the other, but roll with, roll with me for a second. The Constitution still permits slavery in case of incarceration. That's how you can have people in jail, felons, work for 10 cents an hour, how we have fire, uh, volunteer firefighters from the penal system in California fighting all these damn wildfires and making, what, less than a buck an hour risking their lives. And also, Mississippi didn't ratify the 13th Amendment until 2013. So slavery was very much legal there. If you've ever seen any documentaries, uh, I firmly recommend 14, 14 Days in May. Uh, yeah, Mississippi loves slavery. The whole American system is built on slavery. Colonization is slavery. We go figure out what other people are good at, exploit them, and don't give them a damn thing for it. Right. Now, philosophically, I love what you're... I like the origins of... Well, I don't like the origins of it. I, I'm personally, <laughs> I'm not a cop person at all. Mm -hmm. But that's that's where we get our foundations from. And since you brought your books and your book learning, you you freaking smart person, it's my turn. Uh, I took a couple classes on violence because I like violence, and nothing says violence more than the cops. Oh, if you don't laugh at that, you must be a white person that's never been assaulted by the cops. Remember, I was tear gassed. I yeah. have a right to say that. Yeah, I don't have that experience. Good. Later, I've we'll talk lucky. about what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, now you're getting into the American value ethos system of who deserves it, who deserves it, and who doesn't. Oh now, no, no! I've just been lucky not to not to have that experience. Yeah. <clears throat> and our rent on violence, great book. Also fairly short. Violence, finally, as I have said, is distinguished by its instrumental character. Phenomenologically, it is close to strength since the implements of violence, like all other tools, are designed and used for the purpose of multiplying natural strength until, in the last stage of their development, they can substitute for it. Uh, let me interpret that. You inflict violence on people when you want to control. The cops, in my humble estimation, some people may disagree, and I, I'm more than willing to hear arguments against this. But when you call a cop, at least in America, we associate two things with the cops as far as imagery. You see the shield that protects them from anything they do. And you see a gun, which protects them from anything you do. Why do we have cops walking off the job when they are when they are accused of committing violent acts against the citizens. Uh, there was a case in Buffalo where 
an old guy who was, I think he was 75 years old. He was trampled. He was forced back and pushed, shoved by the cops, busted open the hard way. And when their mayor threatened to suspend people, guess what? Half the cops walked off the force. Now, I don't know about you, Skylar, but if I commit an act of violence, I will be chastised for it. And there will be no one defending me for, I don't have a weapon here. If I take this lava lamp and crack someone over the head with it, I can't be mad because they would not respect my right to beat them over the head with the lava lamp. On the other hand, you have cops who, this is fundamental to our job. We have to protect ourselves at all times because we took up a dangerous occupation. Have you ever been drawn down on Skylar? Has a cop ever, you know, pulled a gun on you? No. There is no reason a cop should ever need to draw down on me. Holy Did I ever tell you about that time at Long Beach State where I got busted by cops doing something that they didn't like and they decided to tell the person who I was with that I was a dangerous person? No. Okay. Can't mention names here. But you should remember who I'm talking about. I've... Yeah, at the t- at the top of the parking structure by no, not not Boo Boo Kitty, someone else. No, but I know where you're going with this. I have heard this story. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were making out on top of the parking structure by Walter Pyramid, and next thing you know, cops are up there. They pull me away from the person who I was consensually making out with, because consent's a thing that we believe in no chill in Smallville. Thumbs up, Skylar. Consent to that as well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they had the audacity to, you know, you're not with the safest of people here. I didn't even have a speeding ticket at that time. And And yet... Yeah, they just... Okay. What What are you doing here? Is every Are you okay, ma'am? Is he hurting you? Is anything going on? Wow. Yeah. That's just. I drive sixteen hundred miles frequently between here and California, as I will say every damn podcast. Cops. I can say that the only two places where I have not been pulled over by cops. Uh, I've never been pulled over by a cop in Utah. Mainly because there's too much terrain in Utah for a cop to cover. And Colorado. Because Colorado's cool and I'm assuming everybody's high. But every other state that I have driven through, I have been pulled over. Now, granted, some of these cop trips are okay. They're Not all of them are bad. I'm not saying that all cops are bad. I will definitely state that if you are working for a structure that does routinely harass and abuse people, you might want to think about your morals and career options because same thing with people who want to go into politics. What the hell is your moral compass if you want to get into something that dirty? But Arizona, I am right at the Arizona-New Mexico border. And I get pulled over by cops in the middle of a thunderstorm. Now keep in mind, I am sad. I've just left 
just left home. I don't know where I'm going. My GPS isn't working, and both of the freeways I was supposed to take, they have, uh, they get cut off the barricades. What construction? Construction's what they were doing. And wait a minute, where are you going? Why? Blah 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 blah. This was in the middle of a thunderstorm at 11 o'clock at night. Asked me to get out my car, and the cop called another car, a canine unit, to inspect my car. Because clearly, the only person that will be driving through a thunderstorm through the Arizona desert at night is transporting drugs across state lines. Do they have probable cause to believe that you were transporting drugs across state lines? I'm just, just asking. I have had my car inspected three or four times by cops. Not once did they have probable cause for anything. Wow. Now, I consented to these searches only because I knew I had nothing. But do not put me in the boat where, oh, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. No, fuck that. I don't like being delayed. I don't like people going through my shit. Which... Unfortunately, the cop wasn't wearing gloves when he went through my uh, suitcase in the front seat in Arizona. He should have been wearing uh, should have been wearing gloves. That's all I'm gonna say. I like the party. Wow. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> How about you? I mean, you live in California, uh, Moreno Valley. No, I live in uh, Riverside County. Riverside County. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you basically live in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Ideo- ideologically speaking. Yeah. Um, no, I've only ever been pulled over a handful of times. Um, the first time it was just in Irvine. I was just driving home. And they pulled me over and were wondering why I was out so late. And I said I was just returning home from uh from class i was going to chapman at the time and i lived in irvine it was in an apartment and uh i saw a police officer pull up next to me in a lane it was a two lane left turn so he pulled up to me on the left and i was talking to my uh, girlfriend at the time um hands free and um i saw the light turn green with the green arrow and we made the left turn and then i saw him just like slow down like really hard slow down and i and i just remember saying to her i was like i think i'm about to get pulled over and she was like what and i was like yeah i think i'm about to get pulled over and i saw the lights click on behind me and i was like okay so then i just pulled over and i was about maybe two blocks from my apartment not that far at all um i lived uh, right on the uh, UC Irvine campus and the cop got out he walked up to the car he uh, knocked on the window uh, my hands were at 10 and 2 and I let down the window and he uh, <laughs> and he um, the first thing he said was um, do you know that your, uh, your registration is, is expired and I said Yes, I'm uh, waiting on my financial aid to kick in so that I can um, so that I can buy my uh, or renew my registration. 
And he said, oh. In there. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and it had been maybe a few weeks since it had expired. And I was waiting on financial aid to kick in so I could renew my registration. And um, I knew it was coming. And I knew driving around with the registration expired that, you know, I could be pulled over. Um, and it just so happened that it was really late at night. I think it was like 11 o'clock. It was, it was a late night class. It was really late at night. It was in Irvine. Um, and he, he asked me that. And I said, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm waiting on my financial aid. So it was a very honest answer. And he said, oh, you're one of the kids. You're going to the school. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't specify what school I was going to. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to the school. And he was like, okay, okay, well, uh, I'll let you off with a warning. Get it fixed. Um, go home. Have a good night. And so, you know, I went home. And then once I finally did get my financial aid to kick in, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I renewed my registration on my car. And that was maybe like a week or so later. But it was a very odd occurrence in that he pulled up right next to me. He pulled up right next to me. He didn't pull up behind me. He pulled up right next to me. And I know that some cops will like run your plates and stuff. They'll, they'll pull up behind you if they're suspicious. But he pulled Been up, there. yeah, he pulled up next to me on the left side, on the left side, on the, on my driver's side where I was driving. I was just sitting in the car. Both hands were on the wheel. I was talking to my girlfriend through the, um, I had had one of those, I had had a hands-free uh, system. It was one of those Garmin's that lets you make calls from the, from the system. And um, I, uh, I was just having a conversation with her about my day, made a left, and then just saw him. And I just had this feeling like he saw me and I was going to get pulled over. And from the way that the left turn went, I was on the outside lane. I turned. He didn't move. And then he moved behind me. And then he pulled me over. Just as soon as I made, as soon as I cleared the intersection and was safe, the lights went on. So at the time I was like, well, he, he had justifiable purpose to pull me over and give me a ticket. Uh, for that, that was how I read the situation at the time. But the more I thought about it after the fact, I was like, well, I've seen so many people drive around with ex way, 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 way more, uh, or longer expired, uh, tags than I, than I was. I was only a few weeks out. And then, you know, I also justified it by being in Irvine at the time, you know, uh, police in Irvine are very vigilant. Um, so that could have been one of the <laughs> that could have been are you saying you lived in a very white community that wanted to stay very white because that's what i heard i'm these could be bad <laughs> um i honestly don't know i honestly don't know what the cause was i can infer many things and after i thought about it at the time i had come to the conclusion that well why would he pull me over um for that instance well he pulled up to the left side of the car i was driving a 1995 or a 1997 white bmw let's just get the specifics out there no you're not supposed to be in that kind of car right <laughs> but i was driving you're still no okay i'm totally agree with the cops your socioeconomic status says that you should not have been driving a 10 year old luxury car you brought that on yourself, Skyler. 
This was in, this was in, I believe this was in 2012, yeah. So I had had a 1997, I mean, the car was older than 10 years. That's an old-ass car. Yeah, that's an old-ass car. And that you stole? No, that I bought with my own money. <laughs> Do you have a receipt? Do you have the receipt on you right now that you paid for that car with your own money? No, not anymore. It's gone. It's been donated to Cars for Kids. Likely excuse, you felon. Okay, sure. <laughs> but in that instance, I thought that I had been pulled over for, I guess, a more nefarious reason other than the fact of my expiration on my uh, registration. And that that sat with me for a little bit as I tried to, to come to grips with that, you know, wondering... Did he, did he catch it out of the corner of his eye? I don't know. In that instance, it's too, for me, it's too nuanced of a situation for me to say whether that was a clear-cut example of driving while black or if he was pulling me over because he saw a black guy behind the wheel of a BMW and the expiration was uh, expired, so maybe he stole it. Maybe he jumped to some conclusions. That could have been it, and then it could have been of driving while black. That very much could have been the case to break it to you buddy but it's definitely a case of driving while black <laughs> pulling somebody over after you're just next to them there are a lot of questionable characters on the road mm. i refuse to believe all of them are black right right and just that night actually when i was going home from from class i'd almost been run off the road and this wasn't by the police. This was just I was merging onto the freeway, and there was someone just zooming along the freeway in the right, far right lane where I was merging on, and they just they almost hit me. They swerved around me. I swerved to the uh, emergency lane. Um, but just that night, so it was it was it was a weird, eerie night. The only other time that I've been pulled over by the police, I was very clearly speeding and didn't know I was speeding in a courtesy vehicle while my car was in the shop. And that, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Skylar, we're doing this podcast to prove that we're innocent black people. You are hurting our cause. <laughs> I admit guilt <laughs> when I'm guilty. <laughs> oh, no. You, you, you need to go back and watch the people versus OJ again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> but um, he was innocent, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll, we'll leave that uh, that hornet's nest for another episode. <laughs> um, favorite people to follow on Twitter. My, I just I just want to say that my my personal experiences with the police have been fortunate. I have run into a few jerks, that's for sure, but nothing that I felt personally was racially motivated. And that's just because I've been fortunate. And it could also be a result of of colorism, which I think we should also do a later episode on, um, in that when certain people look at me, they don't initially jump to the conclusion that I am a black man. Um, I've been asked on more, what, more than one occasion what I am. And not to get into the deeper discussion that that is but it's just when i do get pulled over by the police it might be that kind of 
question that they're not really sure where I fit in the racial spectrum that might be somewhat of a saving grace. I don't know. Possible, but uh, we talked about this off camera, but it's such a freaking coin flip when it comes to who's going to get pulled over, who doesn't. Mm -hmm. I've had my fair share of getting pulled over. The only reason why I haven't been pulled over recently is because we've had the pandemic, and I, I already know that. At the same time, I thinking about cars, you were driving a BMW and got harassed. You were driving a courtesy car. I refuse to acknowledge you were speedy because you are destroying the integrity of our show. <laughs> but it's definitely a thing that we're supposed to... Better question. What car can a black man drive without getting harassed? I mean... I don't know, because black people get harassed just for being on the street. So, and I mean, not even just, just, not even just black people. I don't, I don't want to say that it's only black people that deal with this. Uh, people of other racial backgrounds also deal with this. It is not just specific to black people. I will say that it is more amplified with black people. But there have been more recent cases that have shown that it is more than just black people. Bit of a divergence we were on, we were talking about in cars, but you also brought up just being accosted on the street. Rihanna Taylor, that name ring a bell to you? Yeah. How do you get shot in your house while you're asleep eight times? Well, you survey, and they didn't even have a warrant to go into the premises, did they? What's in a fucking house? They went to the wrong house. They unlawfully entered, entered the boyfriend at the time, not knowing that these were police because they didn't state so, responded by trying to protect his place with his own he was firearm. Trying to, he was trying to stand his ground? Yep. He was trying to stand his ground. Police shot at him. I don't think they even identified themselves. And even in that instance, who in the hell would believe that a bunch of armed men busting into your house and then all of a sudden after the fact identifying that the police officers, if they did that, I don't even know if they did that. Knocks are, I mean, no, no knock warrants are such a goddamn joke. Yeah, I'm they're, supposed they're terrible. The complicity that we're supposed to have with police is absurd. You come into my... Well, I'll go back to me getting pulled over, since personal experience. I'm supposed to be completely okay, calm, and rational while you have a gun to my face. Yeah. That's, that's the burden of proof that we give people of color. Yeah. I myself, I consider myself fortunate. I've been to school. I read law for fun. I'm up on things. I could probably be a lawyer if I wanted to. There are lots of other black people out there who don't have my education, but they could also probably tell you what are the rights and wrongs of getting pulled over. While the police are not expected to have a functional knowledge of the law, except for the fact that they see you and say, you screwed up. 
you have your no-knock warrants, you have your surveilling of people for just suspicion, and you have your stop and frisk. You know, there's all these policies in place that are used nefariously. They're not. They're not used in the manner that they're supposed to be. Story about a case in Mississippi where a 16-year-old has been held without bond for 503 days so far at last count. Teenager, what the hell did he do? What happened to his right, his constitutional right to a fair and speedy trial? But there are no fair and speedy trials when the cops automatically presume you guilty. We could go back to the obvious case of George Floyd, who, you know, gun to his, uh, I mean, uh, knee to the the back of his neck. Uh, Let's see. Who was the case in, I don't remember the case in Louisiana. Damn it, the name is slipping me. Louisiana. Was that was that Aubrey? No, that was Georgia. Notice how many cases we have to go to. Yeah, you have was to cycle Alt- through all the different names. It's like, is it Philando Castile? I know Eric Garner was in New York. Uh, Philando Castile, that was Minnesota. That was Minnesota. You have Tamir Rice. That was that was Ohio. That was Ohio. <laughs> We're gonna get Freddie Gray. That was Baltimore. <laughs> We're gonna get through the fifty-two states at the, at, the, at this rate. Let's see. I think I, I almost got it. I think it's Alton Sterling. It could be Alton Sterling. That might. Bingo. Yeah, that, that's ringing a bell. Yep. Alton Sterling arrested. Well, executed for was he selling Lucy's loose uh, individual cigarettes? Now, that was Garner too. You're shitty. Everybody's being shot for loose cigarettes. He wasn't. He wasn't shot. Garner was choked. No. Garner was shot. And, oh, Sterling had a... It was counterfeit. Uh, counterfeit CDs. Counterfeit Bo- CDs. Bootlegs. Are you serious? Unless Wikipedia is wrong, and it never is. <laughs> well. <laughs> There's always discrepancies. Yes, selling CDs. He was arrested and executed for that. Wow. Also, uh, something to throw out that I learned in uh, my rhetoric of violence class. Well, how do you feel about the videotapes of these incidents being publicized? Um, well, there's a, I guess, an interesting... Um, I don't even know if I'm using the right word. Um, it's like two sides of a coin for me. It's it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, no one would believe that this happened unless we had video evidence. And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, the media is just using this. They wouldn't show this if this wasn't shocking. You're right. It is titillating. Right. So what is it? We, we know that shocking and uh, 
shock and awe, violence is and sex. They all sell on on television, you know. And so when we see heinous acts like this uh, put all over the the television, plastered all over social media, people can't look away. Um, there is a uh, what is it? An almost fanatic-like obsession with death and with seeing people die or or seeing people act in extremely aggressive or extremely violent manners that makes its way onto media and I think that these situations that, that, that happen or get, or get caught on tape like yeah I'm like yeah you know what we need to see that we need to see that but on the other hand I'm like how much of this how, what, where's the breaking point when we become desensitized to it just like everything else when people look at the TV and they go oh it's just another dead black dude cops kill him I don't give a shit when, when, when do we reach that point because it's happening at a rate that the more we watch stuff like this the less concern we have for it and the less people care the quicker we become to write it off hate to tell you this buddy but I'm already at the point where I don't want to see another video again but do you not want to see another video because you're tired of seeing the videos or because you want to see change I take no pleasure despite wanting to see an execution completely different story I'll talk about that with my therapist later a video of someone being in their last moments trying to figure out is this shit actually happening to me and could that possibly happen to me it's terrifying uh, the one reason why every tech person out there uh, government watchdogs say break up the big uh, tech monopolies like Apple and Amazon and Microsoft I am on the record for saying leave Mark Zuckerberg alone because I thought Facebook Live was, you know, useless. And then Philando Castile happened. Yeah, well, I mean, on Facebook Live, more <laughs> more than Philando Castile happened. I mean, there is there there are numerous events that were broadcast live, and I mean, not even to get into the nature of the dark web and the things that happened there, you know, live streaming and social media and viral video has always been you know a, a way of, of showing the more uh, dark parts of our society and thankfully we do have that video of what happened to Philando Castillo because people wouldn't have believed it people would have been like uh, he's lying about being able to have an open carry permit okay I'm gonna fight back fight back there we have lots of these videos of police harming black people in 1080p, mm -hmm. no less. And you still have people who will default to. He did something wrong. What's that person like in middle school? Yeah. Are you sure they don't have anything on this person? But what does it matter that they don't that they have something on this person? What does it matter that 
that whether or not this person previously committed a crime. I mean, let's 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 look at that. I mean, let's go up with what what was is probably the most pivotal case in this is is the Rodney King beating. Right? He was yes. he was being chased by the cops for for evading evading arrest and for driving while intoxicated. Such, he was driving while intoxicated. I have such a problem with the concept of evading the police. Evading arrest, yes. Yes. If, <laughs> if, if you if there's evidence that cops will hurt kill hurt or kill you and get away with it, I'm fucking running from the cops too. <laughs> I think I think we all would in that instance where we fear for our lives, yeah. Um but what what I want to say is he was driving under the influence. That was a that was a crime. And when yes. the police tried to pull him over, he didn't he didn't pull over. What ensued after they pulled him over when he was no longer resisting arrest, which got caught on tape, when he was no longer resisting arrest and he was on the ground and then they tasered him and your body reacts when a current of electricity is being sent through it, then they begin to beat him with nightsticks. So the reaction of the police in one hand and the crime he committed in the other does not connect that doesn't jive well so when you're looking at this other video of philando castillo who's in his car with his child and his wife or girlfriend i'm not sure if i got if i got that mixed up close enough <laughs> um in his vehicle we know he ain't here <laughs> in his vehicle calmly responding to this officer and the officer is the one who pulls the gun and shoots him after he already informed the officer that he had a weapon and he had permission to carry and the officer responds with use of force these 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 things these reactions by police officers they respond to everything with aggression that's it that's all they're taught it's just to respond with aggression to respond with force so when you're driving and you're crossing the state's line and you get pulled over and there's a gun in your face because they felt a little uncomfortable because they for some reason feel threatened by you it becomes when other people watch the video it's your fault it's not the fault of the officer the officer didn't do anything wrong the officer you did something to upset the officer who has the gun, who has the control, who has the power in that situation. Who will take his sweet, his or her sweet-ass time writing up your ticket or profiling you, getting overtime. How dare you, you know, detain me, beat the shit out of me, and make bank at the same time. Right. So, to those people, and I'm not even sure if I addressed my original point. <laughs> to those people, I say shut the hell up. Because you're jumping into the middle of a conversation where we're clearly talking about one set of circumstances where the police officer used unnecessary force. And you're trying to justify the use of that unnecessary force when you, when you look at the video, it is not justified. Nothing the person did in that video and nothing about their past in that video justifies the use of force 
See Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens, nothing is justified. Thank you for laughing at that. <laughs> but but yeah. all these safeguards that we try to put in, we have cameras. We've put cameras on cops. We if we find out there's an issue with these cameras, one sometimes you have cops mysteriously turn them off. Oh, not even mysteriously. They'll just click turn it off. It's like a GoPro. Thanks, thanks for undermining my sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> it's all good. And in other cases, we can't get these videos turned over to the public. Now, if my tax oh, dollars are paid... Yeah. Like, what the fuck? When did these cops become experts in Photoshop? I. It's not that difficult. Um, Especially if you want to frame someone, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. But, you know, when you when you when you look at that and you look at, you know, we, we put all these these things in place that are supposed to help the cops behave better. Right. You, we need to know what the cops are doing all the time. So we put body cameras on them. But then we give them the ability to turn the damn body cameras off when they want to do something shady or if they did something shady in the footage and the whole department is behind them, maybe that footage disappears. That no one will... Well, I have three solutions. It won't be taken up. Tell me if I'm overshooting. Pun unintended. <laughs> uh, if, if you're... I would make it a federal law that if you... Well, we've, we've got the death penalty. I'm not a fan of it. But let's make it actually useful if we're going to have it. One, if a cop turns off his... If a cop turns off his... uh camera you're automatically fired there's i understand how powerful police unions are and i love the idea of strong unions just not that one especially when you have separate police unions for black and white cops in some cities like what kind of horseshit is that you're being racist against us as citizens and you know us who may have thought of being cops to you like seriously what the fuck i'm looking at you st louis <laughs> but yeah you turn off your camera at any time while you're on duty, you're fired. There's no reason for you to turn it off. Keep that shit charged and keep it on. Second, if you kill someone, if you kill someone, even if you're, if you are considered at fault for the wrongful death of anyone, the cities and uh, cities and municipal governments are on the hook for those lawsuits. I think they need to take away your pension automatically. You get to be destitute for the rest of your days. You took someone else's life, fuck your financial security, and fuck you, you I'll be damned if my tax dollars are going to go to, oh, this family is grieving because this one cop, oh, I was so scared, I, I panicked, and now that person said, no, 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 I don't want to be on the hook for that because my tax money should not be your blood money. No more pensions if cops you know, get rid of people if if they protect and serve too hard. Yeah. And lastly, if you're a cop and you do any of this, you automatically get the death penalty. We will ship your ass off to Terre Haute, Indiana. You'll await, you know, you know, a date with the needle. You killed someone. Right. I so I agree with the with the first two. But not the last one, obviously. But 
I don't really either, but yeah. it would be not life imprisonment. I'm fine with that. I do believe in, in, in yes, I do believe in that they should be sentenced to prison and that they shouldn't get off. Um, but so let me, let me rewind our conversation really quick. Just, just a little bit more history before we, before we jump into the, into the now and the future of what we should be doing with police with policing in the United States um the foundation of police in this country is corrupt <laughs> it was founded on 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 corruption um according i mean according to our historians um modern police forces in the United States emerged as a response to disorder uh, what constitutes social and public order depends largely on who is defining those terms. And in the cities of the 19th century, America, they were defined by mercantile interests, who through taxes and political influence supported the development of bureaucratic policing institutions. This is coming from Dr. Parter's uh, article. So these economic Interests had a greater interest in social control than crime control. Private and for-profit policing was too or too disorganized and too crime-specific uh, in form to fulfill these needs. The emerging commercial elites needed a mechanism to ensure a stable and orderly workforce, a stable and orderly environment for the conduct of business and the maintenance of what they referred to as the collective good. These mercantile interests also wanted to divest themselves of the cost of protecting their own enterprises, transferring those costs from the private sector to the state. Now, how crazy is that? The police were not really supposed to be preventing crime. <laughs> that wasn't even their primary function. Prevent crime, crime now. <laughs> yes, yeah, they don't even prevent crime now. <laughs> you're a... You're a film major, so I think I can speak in your terms. Heroes, uh, I mean, villains act, heroes react. Yeah. I I have rarely heard instances of, you know, cops preventing crimes or anything like that. Now, after a crime is committed, you damn straight they're going to try to scrub the evidence off the face of the earth. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we got them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Had to go there. <laughs> yeah, cops don't prevent cops don't prevent crimes. Hell, they fucking exacerbate in ruined communities. Yeah, yeah. they're Michael actually Brown, their primary their primary function was strike breaking. Strike breaking. Try is, breaking up a police union to see what happens to you. <laughs> So, uh, going back into what Potter says, by the late 19th century, union organizing and labor unrest was widespread in the United States. New York City had 5,090 strikes, involving almost a million workers from 1880 to 1900. Many of the riots, which so concerned local economic elites, were actually strikes called against specific companies. The use of public employees to serve private economic interests 
and to use legally ordained force against organizing workers was both cost-effective for manufacturing concerns and politically useful in that it confused the issues of workers' rights with the issue of crime. To spell that out for some of you, history is written by the victors. Mm-hmm. And while you have that, you mind if I talk a little bit of Franz Fanon in here? Because I happen to have the wretched of the earth, and Fanon has a big problem with state violence. Go for <laughs> it. The colonist makes history, and he knows it. And because he refers constantly to the history of his metropolis, he plainly indicates that here he is the extension of this metropolis. Where does that lead us now? We have, it is hard for people to imagine a world without the police, even though a world without the police would probably save a lot of lives. It sounds counterpositive because, you know, cops are here to protect and serve. But when you have cops showing up, man, an autistic kid is, you know, having an episode and a cop shoots him. What fucking good did that serve? None. Because they're trained to respond with violence. That is what they're, that's what they know. That's all that they can do, which is, lends itself, and, and, and we'll go into it in, in, in where I think that policing needs to go in the future, but police were trained to respond to incidents with violence. Oh, this guy is acting up in the street, smack him in the face with the nightstick. Oh, this lady won't won't move off the corner. Smack her in the face with a nightstick. Oh, this dog is in trouble. Smack it in the face with a nightstick. I mean, that's 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 what the police do. De-escalation we- was only recently <laughs> introduced into <laughs> yeah, into the find police me a force. video. Hold on, find <laughs> me a video of a cop hitting a dog. <laughs> I know that was that was that was very very exaggerated, but I just I just had to I had to convey <laughs> the use of force. <laughs> did you did you ever watch Community? I did. Yeah. I can tolerate racism, but I draw the line at animal cruelty. At animal cruelty. Yeah. <laughs> no, more more likely they use dogs to exact violence in the same way that um, bloodhounds were used to chase runaway slaves. Um, just to get a little bit more serious with you. Uh, Fuck you, Bull Connor. <laughs> but um, talking about, so so the reason why I keep bringing up uh, strike breaking and police strike breaking and, 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 and what they're doing now is because this is very, very relatable to what's going on now with the protests. They're treating these protests as strikes, right? And so police strike breaking, according to Potter, took two very distinct, two very distinct forms. The first was the most obvious, the force dispersal of demonstrating workers, usually through the use of extreme violence. There's, yeah. The second was more subtle. In order to prevent the organization of workers in the first place, municipal police made staggering numbers of public order arrests. 80% of all arrests were workers for public order crimes. On a day-to-day basis in Chicago, the police hauled nearly a million workers off to jail between 1975 between 1900 and 1975 for trivial public order offenses. We think the only problem with Chicago is black on black violence. Huh. 
yep. would have guessed that <laughs> the real criminals are the people represented by the state. Right. What a fucking thought. <laughs> and in other cities, police made use of ambiguous vagrancy laws called the Tramp Acts to arrest both union-organized and unemployed workers. So not even just focused on minority groups here. We're talking about the police as a whole and how they treated lower-class citizens in their own country. So this includes white folks, too. Not just mm-hmm. black folk were being treated like this. White folks were being treated like this. The police have a history of being very bad or actually very good at their job, depending on what the job function was and what they were supposed to be doing. I hope those of you listening understand that while Skylar just brought up that those poor whites that also <clears throat> that also face repercussions from the cops, race and class are pretty much linked. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get people to not? How do you get people to separate the dis, uh, to get rid of the distinction between race and class? Well, I may be a poor white, but that black person over there is more guilty than I am. I'm still better than that person right why black people are three times more likely to be sentenced to death than white criminals <laughs> very much true it's a sad state of affairs and so i think the last thing that i i, I kind of want to talk about is is well let's just get your thoughts on that first before we go any further what I just said. I'd like to hear you kind of unpack what you were thinking. Recent class? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> um, basically, how police were, their foundation was, or one of their primary motives was to stop essential public assemblies. That's what they were built for. And if we look at what we're dealing with now and how organized they are, and how they have seemingly all of this equipment designed to break protests, designed to stop public assembly, some of which you were already a victim of. We recently lost <clears throat> two civil rights uh, pioneers, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian. Uh, John Lewis in particular, he's getting the most press at the moment. Uh, one of the commonly the common refrains about his story is, the cops fractured his skull. There's nothing in my mind that tells me that those cops face any punishment for that because power is there to maintain power. If the cops are not there to protect us, who the fuck are they there to protect? The state's interest. You don't... You cannot tell me that a prosecutor cannot get... I've heard this phrase when uh, Michael Brown... When Michael Brown was killed in Ferguson... In what situation can a prosecutor not get a guilty verdict if they wanted one? Mm-hmm. You have all these incidences of, on camera, no less, cops hurting and killing black people. And more importantly, uh, going back to what happened in the plaza, which I thought was, which might be uh, furtive to what you're talking about. The cops weren't there to help us or anything. Of course, I got tear gas. The cops were there to make sure all those rich stores stayed intact. Mm-hmm. Property matters more than lives in some cases. It's why the Constitution earlier, or original draft of, no, the Declaration of Independence, 
Uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness was originally life, liberty, and property. And you know what was what was property at one point? Me and you were property. Yep. We damaged we damaged our owners' reputations when we leave the plantation. What happens? They catch our like you said. The cops were founded to retrieve slaves. Yeah, in the southern states. In the southern states, yeah. And you can't tell me in the northern states that the cops were treating. That whatever they were being local. treated any better? No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. And 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 you know, if if I could have been a fly on the wall during that time, I'm pretty sure there was uh, definite communications between northern and southern states as far as what to do with black people, because they were just as just just as prejudiced and racist in the northern states than they were in the as they were in the southern states. It was you all about looking uh, perception on the world stage. You had the pressure of basically the entire world saying, well, we abolished slavery. You guys look terrible. What about you? Do you want to be a part of this you know, group or do you want to be ostracized? You should, stop, uh, you should stop treating those black people like that. And eventually America was like, yeah, we should stop. We should stop treating black people like that. But we're not really going to stop treating black people like that. It would have been a fly on a wall during the, uh, during the American Revolutionary American Revolution Civil War days, you still have more rights than the black people in the North had back then. Yeah. 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 So one last thing I want to talk about from Potter's article about police. Early American police departments share two primary characteristics. They were notoriously corrupt and flagrantly brutal. This should come as no surprise and that police were under the control of local politicians. The local political party ward leader in most, cities, in most cities appointed the police executive in charge of the ward leader's neighborhood. The ward leader also most often was a neighborhood tavern owner, sometimes the neighborhood purveyor of gambling and prostitution, and usually the controlling influence over neighborhood youth gangs who were used to get out the vote and intimidate opposition party voters. In this system of vice, organized violence, and political cor corruption, it is inconceivable that the police could be anything but corrupt. Police systemically took payoffs to allow illegal drinking, gambling, and prostitution. Police organized professional crim criminals like thieves and pickpockets, trading immunity for bribes or information. They actively participated in vote buying and ballot box stuffing. Loyal political operatives became police officers. They had no discernible qualifications for policing and little if any training in policing. Promotions within the police departments were sold, not earned. Police drank while on patrol. They, protect, they protected their patrons' vice operations and they were quick to use preemptory force. They, they were basically delegated vigilantes and they were entrusted with power to use force against dangerous classes as a means of determining or deterring criminality. The foundation of police in this country is one of corruption, it is one of self-serving corruption. So when we say that the police need to be defunded, the current system that creates the police needs to be thrown away 
and redeveloped. I am not saying that we do not need law enforcement because we do. But what I am saying is that the foundation, the fundamentals of this economy are not strong. I get that reference. I know you do. <laughs> let, me, let me counter that reference with a broader reference for all you political science wants out there. Uh, unitary executive theory was basically the model of how the Bush administration was run and what Nixon tried to pull off, but couldn't for obvious reasons. If you are the law, everything you do is legal. You just talked about how these cops were delegated to marshal people when they were running establishments of ill repute. Mm -hmm. Drinking is illegal. I mean, drinking and driving is illegal. Or at least our current understanding of it. Prostitution is illegal. Yet these are the people who you have running running the show. What are they going to do with their power? Are they going to protect all of us? Or are they going to protect their interests? It takes a significant leap for power to cede power to other people. The civil rights movement, every the uh, white people, this reappropriation of Martin Luther King as a Republican, that is fucking patently false, and you know it. Republicans killed him. Let's not joke about that. But we praise King, John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, Bayard Rustin. And I'm going to throw Malcolm X in there, too. And Stokely Carmichael. Despite what Bill Clinton said, Stokely, Mark, uh, Stokely Carmichael is awesome. All of these people got their asses kicked by the state. You celebrate their nonviolence, but you didn't tend to their wounds. They got their asses kicked, got arrested, and still went back out there. Yes, we should applaud their determination, but let's talk about why they need to be determined. Because the state said... No, we disagree with you. You cannot have rights. Take these Jim Crow laws and live with them. They all got their asses kicked. Yeah. So the idea of we should blue lives matter. Cops are cops are perfect. Cops are heroes. I, I don't buy that bullshit for a minute. Just because something is legal does not make it correct. There have been dozens of bad policies on the books that were legal they weren't right yeah let, let me let me just interrupt you right there for just Please. one quick moment there is no such thing as a blue life it does not exist let me say that to the camera it does not exist blue lives do not exist what exists is the person behind the uniform Oh, if you're going to preach, I need to entertain myself. Uncle Nearest Whiskey, people. <laughs> but yes, for the uninformed. Oh my. Blue Lives Matter. That's a fuck. You know, I'm writing a paper right now about how Cincinnati SWAT team flew the Blue Lives Matter flag over the police station instead of the American flag. What the fuck? <laughs> and I would... And here's the thing, I, I'm a little bit more forgiving than you are on this Blue Lives Matter shit, because 
if we talked about blue lives mattering, if black cops committed the same crimes and got away with it, maybe I'd agree with blue lives matter. But the minute a cop of color commits a crime, y'all have no problem sending that person to jail and kicking them out your ranks. We had a person of Middle Eastern descent as a cop uh, kill someone in Minnesota. Guess what? Took his badge, stripped him, and he he's serving a life sentence now. Versus, we needed to protest and agitate for George Floyd to be recognized. We have to How continue to this? protest and agitate for Breonna Taylor to be recognized. Oh, by the way, the FBI, the FBI just opened... No, the Justice Department, one, one of the branches, uh, just opened an investigation. Let, let's see how quickly they find those officers guilty. I have no faith in that system. But Blue Lives Matter. You know what? I'm, I'm sure you all go home to your families and your families worry about you on the job. Guess what? I'm out of Blue Life and my black mom doesn't sleep because I live in Kansas and she knows how cops are. Now, cops aren't the best everywhere. I'm slightly less safer than I was in L.A. I'll, I have no problem admitting that. Blue lives don't matter when I'm getting tear gassed and all I'm doing is holding milk. Blue lives don't exist. It's just people. It's just people. And they've got to stop using that, that terrible label to try to encompass a group of police officers. Blue Lives Matter should not be an ultimate definition for why we should blindly respect and, in most cases, obey cops. Because that's all it is. It's a mechanism for control, even though there are stories of black officers who are not on duty being arrested and detained by their so-called comrades in arms. There are no Blue Lives. There are blue shirts, there are badges, and there are people who killed indiscriminately when you put on both. Mm -hmm. But they aren't blue lives. Yeah. This isn't because, a fucking video. This is a Pac-Man. Because I've got, I've got to keep saying this. They don't exist. Stop using that terminology. It doesn't... It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Blue lives. No. No. There's nothing behind that. It is a profession. Being a police officer is a profession. It's a job. That's it. And some people would say, well, it's a way of life. And it is. I, I get that. If life is not a good one. It's, <laughs> it's dangerous. And, and the things that police officers have to go through, that some of them have had to go through. And I used to work in a place where I had to deal with police officers. And I respect the hell out of those guys. But I do want to say this. I don't lump all of them into the same group because they're people. It's people. Badge doesn't give you the right to kill me just because you thought mm -hmm. I was acting illegally. What I want to say is the, the job of a police officer is to keep the peace and enforce the rule of law. But when law was created to govern people, black people were not considered people underneath those laws. We were considered property. 
Were we not? Am I wrong in saying this? The Dred Scott decision. So how are we protected under a law that wasn't even written to protect us? Be one better. I don't feel safe around a black blue line. They've harassed me worse than a white cop's have. <laughs> and I mean, the, what are you? What are you doing? Where did you get this car? How did you afford it, nigga? That is none of your business. Leave me be. Here's my registration and papers. Back off. <laughs> there, there, there are so many. I guess microaggressions and semantics and use of language. I, I feel like the whole Blue Lives Matter thing was a result or a direct response to that of Black Lives Matter, just like All Lives Matter was a use as a response. And people are saying Blue Lives Matter because they're like, well, I can't say All Lives Matter, otherwise I'll be considered a racist. Um, or, so they're like, well, you know, police are considered blue, but you're, you're putting a color on it I, I don't know. The, the the disconnect from me with that is I just have trouble giving that any type of weight or consideration. I understand the jobs of police officers. I respect that they have to do some pretty gnarly shit. Well, At least the ones that aren't pulling over and shooting <laughs> black people indiscriminately. The ones who are actually out there doing their job. I think about Blue Lives Matter. You kill one black person, it takes it takes a video and hopefully it going viral for anyone to consider justice. You kill one no. My brother-in-law recently got arrested for assaulting a police officer. The cop put his hand in a door jam and you, you put your hand in the door when someone's trying to close it. It slams on your hand i learned that when i was two years old mm -hmm. maybe i was advanced i don't know <laughs> but yes assaults of a cop what happens what happens when the cop breaks his hand because my friend repeatedly smashed smashed his hand in a door oh no you get fucking tear gas and cops you know abducting you put you in a secret van no you cannot harm cops you can help. Some municipalities have made it illegal to dox cop. Cops are so fucking above the law right now. It's it's absurd. They're like walking gods. You say blue lives matter. If I thought right now I'm going to go kill a cop because I was oppressed. You know how many cops will be after me? All of them. The only, the only way I would make it to the jail. I mean that I would make it to the court. To face what will obviously be a life sentence. Is if there are enough videotape, if there's enough videos around with people shaming the cops into not beating the ever-loving piss out of me. And even then, that might not be enough. No, you would I have to be put under surveillance, video surveillance the entire time. And the video surveillance would have to not be controlled by the cops. <laughs> it would have to be like you were being live streamed 24-7 in order for you to not have anything happen. And then even then, maybe something happens to the electricity and then there you go, you're gone. Did I just hear Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> did I did I hear Ghislaine Maxwell? <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah, there was definitely some su suspicious stuff going on there. But 
oh, suspicious stuff that will be happening soon. I'm yeah. looking forward to her suicide. I'm not sure she is. Oh, jeez. Um, am I wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's another can of worms. I want um, Black Lives Matter to be treated like Blue Lives Matter. You kill a cop, you go to jail, you have your reputation destroyed. Kill a black person, I feel the same thing should happen to you. It's only fair. Then I have no problem agreeing with Blue Lives Matter. Unlike you, Skylar, I will recognize their as an ex- I will recognize their existence if that happens. No. Well, yeah, because we both know that shit ain't happening ever. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it gets again. It gets into semantics with language, which I mean, a lot. A lot of times, I hate dealing with just because the use of labels is so out of proportion now it's it's crazy and we have we only have anthropology to thank for that um what i what i will say what was that white people studying other people and thinking (laughs) it's science (laughs) what i will say is you know as as we wrap up the the current system in its in its current iteration is broken how policing is handled what police are taught is broken why does it only why does a person applying for a job in which you're given a gun and the ability to use lethal force and take life essentially why does it only require what six weeks of training six weeks of training why does it only require six weeks of training when for you or i to do any of either of our professions we have to go through years maybe even a decade's worth of education, schooling, and professional advancement in order to get anywhere. Where, as a police officer, six weeks of training, a psych eval, which is pretty laughable considering some of the officers that get through. And you have d- mental issues if you want to be a cop in the first place. There, I said it. <laughs> and they're given they're given a gun, the ability to use deadly force, and they're taught to respond to most incidents with aggression. And the fact that de-escalation has only recently, and I'm saying in the maybe last few years. uh, In the age of video. Yeah, has recently been introduced into police departments as a means, as a tactic or a means of interacting with the public. That makes no sense to me. And that, so when... I hear people calling, hey, we need to defund the police. I'm like, yeah, hit them in the pocket. But I think it needs to be more than just defund the police. We need to rebuild the police, reorganize, restructure. I don't know what the right term is to use in this instance. Abolish. (laughs) But I think it needs to be, my opinion, and you're free to disagree with me, is that we do need a police force because people will revert to what John Locke for our political science people listening, what John Locke referred to as a state of nature. So without law, without governance, without police, we are not able to fully commit to the contract of living in a society. So yes, we do need a police force to uphold that, but that police force needs to not be founded on such a corrupt basis it needs to be formed with 
morals and and some altruistic notions as to what they are supposed to do so that they can be held to the standard that they should be. That's my opinion. I'll buy that if we can go to the Watchmen model. Of yeah. <laughs> their guns need to be locked in the cars and they need permission to engage. I agree with that. I agree with that. I will say in that episode, and spoilers, in that episode, the fact that he couldn't get his gun because the, the thing was broken, that was kind of messed up because he died because of it. Broken. <laughs> you said the cops were corrupt. They were corrupt then too. <laughs> yeah. His supervisor wanted him dead. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was messed up. But I, I, do, I do believe that more accountability, education needs to be required. And I'm not talking about six weeks of basic training. Take one year. Uh, Preferably, I would take an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree at minimum. Yeah. And the thing is, is I also have the understanding that trying to tear the system down the way it is now would also lead to that very state of nature that I just spoke about. Not having any police around would give more actual criminal elements the ability to continue criminal activity. So I don't, how, 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 I don't have all the answers for how we, do, how, we, how we do this. But I do believe that the current system in its iteration is broken and it, need, it needs to be completely torn down and reconstructed from the ground up. Guns, cops don't need SWAT gear. They don't need tanks. Yeah, I don't think they need change, those things. Change my mind on that. Yeah, they don't. Not they, all cops need. To... Maybe, 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 maybe SWAT. I think SWAT teams still need to stick around because you know bank robberies and 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 when we do have terrorists. The last time you've seen a bank robbery <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> You know, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Three ten to Yuma. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I will say that um, I think that, yeah, I think that the the overt militarization of the police needs to stop. I don't think that that's what that's what we need as a police force. If we need military action, we have a military. We have a national guard that can provide that action getting shit done because they're the ones that are being called in to suppress these fucking riots right right <laughs> so yeah that that that's my stance on it i think that i think that the system that defunding it um is is a start it needs to be structurally deconstructed and reconstructed under a model that is more effective. And you might challenge me and say, well, you're, you're full of it. You know, what's, what's the model? What's the correct model? I don't know. I challenge you as the listener to, to, to help figure that out, to actually bring something constructive to the discussion. More cops, more social workers. I agree with that. I agree with that. I believe need, that. I believe you don't that. Need cops for domestic violence situations. No, you don't. You would only need them if those domestic violence situations 
when a social worker arrived on the scene continued in violence, that's when you would need a cop. And so you would need you would need a an officer uh, a an enforcer because that's essentially what they are present with the social worker. But that enforcer should know and should be trained should be trained within that situation to understand when force was necessary and should be held accountable for that use of force and the social worker should not be afraid to call out if that if that enforcer misused their power keep police and i'm not saying don't pay cops when i say abolish or defund the police uh, although all the overtime could probably go bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. But <laughs> Put them on salaries, no overtime. Put them on salaries, and you have... In a case where you have a social worker and a cop working together, that social worker takes the lead. It only escalates if that social worker, who has a four-year degree in social work, mm-hmm. at, at minimum, says, all right, this is above my... This person is acting completely irrationally we have to take this person in yeah i can get behind that model that's not too hard for me to envision yeah i think community-based policing is not what people say it is this actually sounds like community-based policing right right (laughs) and so i i think i think it's a good start i think that's i think that's where we start as far as the police are concerned um but i think that uh for those interested you should definitely look at the history of policing in the United States by Dr. Gary Potter. You should also read the on violence and our rent baby. Yes. As well as the wretched of the earth, Franz Fanon. Yes. I think, I think educating yourself is definitely one of the most important things you can do. And it allows you to have a more well-rounded opinion as well as knowledge of things that you didn't know about before and that helps you contribute to the conversation rather than just speaking terrible talking points from either side just be more educated be more informed it's important and when when you see these videos if the first thing you thought was what did he do wrong what did this person do what what is this person's past you are part of the fucking problem, and I don't want to be anywhere near you. We all have sins. Not all of them are worth dying over. I agree. So I think we're good there. If you want to take us out there, sir. <laughs> that was a very, very... Uh, my blood is still boiling. Thank God for Uncle Uncle Nearest uh, 1884 Whiskey. My God. We are not sponsored by them, by the way. But if you would like not to partake, they are a black-owned... Well, actually, I'll let you tell it. Yeah, that's it. Black-owned. They taught Jack Daniels how to distill whiskey, so... Yeah. I'd be interested if you, you could share the... Uh, they have a website or something. I can I can share that information if they have that history. They do. Let's... Yeah, we can share it for our viewers. Anybody that's the anybody that's interested in that, or anyone that likes whiskey, um, only if you're over 21. UncleNearest.com. U-N-C-L-E-N-E-A-R-E-S-C.com. All right. Uh, 
one of the weirdest ways that I'm trying to become more socially conscious is uh, shopping black more often. And I like drinking. And there's actually lots of uh, black-owned uh, liquor companies out there. So, well, yeah. yeah, why not? I can't tell you if it tastes good or not because I still have no idea how alcohol tastes. I just know it makes me feel really warm and fuzzy on the inside. Well, that's that means it's doing something right. Just don't drink too much. <laughs> I'm at home. I'm not driving so the cops can beat the shit out of me. <laughs> but anyway, oh wow! I hope you like this week's episode. Remember, we're not doing this to depress you. We're doing this so to inform you. Get informed. Knowledge is power, and we don't want to die, and we don't want you to die. Yeah. But we want systemic racism. It's definitely long past expiration date. It's time for it to go. So, do what you can. And arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. See you next time.